The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Um, so I'm going to pray and we're going to jump in and um, just believe that God is going to uh, give us, you know, the Bible says that we will know the truth and then what? The truth will set us free, right? Sometimes the truth uh, just makes us feel warm and fuzzy and feel really good and sometimes the truth uh, challenges us. Uh, sometimes the truth uh, at first might make us nervous or, or might push our buttons or cause us to be like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. But the bottom line is when we know the truth and we can take action on it, that it brings freedom. Right, it gives us hope. It gives us direction. If you have bad health and you, and you don't deal with it, but you then finally say, "I'm going to deal with it." What's the truth? And you want to find out, well, this is what's wrong with with my cholesterol or with my, you know, this other issue. And this is how you fix it. You can take action. You can get freedom from that problem, right? Because knowledge helps us to do that when we have truth on our side. So we're going to dive in today to a message, but I do want to pray first and. Uh, just encourage you guys to uh, really listen at the end of the message. Towards the end, I'm going to have some handouts uh, that we're going to pass out, and we're going to do a little interactive exercise at the end uh, that's going to help us take some of this word and apply it even before we leave today, uh, because I think that it needs to be applied. Father, thank you for your word that we actually take some real action on it and get some freedom. So it's true, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so the message today is airspace. And um, the reason it's airspace is there's just so much going on up above, right? Y'all notice that? We've got spy balloons, we've got UFOs, we've got, did you guys see the meteor that crashed in Texas somewhere? That was like all over social media, there's like a meteor coming down, just falling down, there's like a three or four day uh, thing on the news of just watching a balloon travel across the country, you know, doing whatever it was, you know. I laid out in the back and tried to suntan, just hoping I'd get a photo on there when it's spying out stuff uh, and doing things. But things are going on up there. They shot down something over Lake Huron. I don't know if any of you watch these things on the news, but they shot down something over Lake Huron, which I think is Michigan. They don't even know what it was. And it's gone. They can't recover it. It disappeared. It's in the water. They said, what is it? They said, we don't know. They said, well, is it a UFO? They said, we don't know. Is it extraterrestrial? They're like, we don't know. Like, we have no idea. We just shot it down, and it's gone. So something's going on up above us. Does that make anybody a little nervous? <laughs> a little bit nervous? Like, what's happening up there? What's going on? Uh, there is actually real things going on up above us. And there are things going on, whether it's politically, whether it's militarily, whether it's, you know, drones or unidentified objects or whatever might be up there. There's also other things going on up above, and that's what I want to talk about today, because there's things, real things, that affect and impact our life, that are affecting and impacting your life, and whether or not you know that they're there, they are still impacting your life. And so whether or not you knew that there was a spy balloon flying over the United States, guess what? It was still getting your picture or still listening to your conversation, or whatever it was doing. It was still getting that, whether or not you were aware. So awareness doesn't change reality. Reality is real, whether or not you are aware of that happening. And so I want to just go into some biblical things about what's going on in our airspace that the Bible talks about, that sometimes we just live as if they're not happening. We just live totally unaware of it, and yet God wants us to know so that we can take action and we can do things on that. And so I'm going to start out here in Ephesians 6. 
verses 11 to 12, it says, put on the full armor of God. Why? Because the Christian life is so easy. It's so peaceful. It's like, come follow me. You know, you want the, the burden is light and the yoke is easy. Well, that's because you have to take the yoke off because you can't wear a yoke and armor at the same time. Right? Okay, take off the yoke. Oh, and then, by the way, throw on this armor because you're about to get shot at and go through all kinds of... Well, I was just pulling a plow. Like, that was heavy, but it was safe. And now I got to like, go through all this other stuff. And so how many of you have found that being a Christian, that following Jesus is not quite the rainbows and unicorns that you hoped that it would be? Anybody? Like, it's a little harder than I thought. It's a little more challenging sometimes. Okay, well, it is. Sometimes it feels like we're fighting an uphill battle or like we're fighting to go against something that we're just like, what's the deal? Why does this feel hard? Well, because it is. There's an actual battle. It says put on the full armor of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. We actually have an enemy opposing us as believers, opposing our walk with Christ, opposing the good that we're trying to do in our lives and the lives of others, that opposes the love we're trying to share, that opposes the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's in every way pushing against us And it says, though, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of of, of this world's darkness. And check it out. And against the spiritual forces of evil, where? In heavenly realms. It's in our airspace. It's happening. When you wake up in the morning and you're getting ready, you get in the shower, you dry off, and you check your weather app, and you look on there and you're like, let's see, uh, it looks like it's going to be 72 degrees. That's amazing. 72 degrees and evil and darkness storming in the sky somewhere. That's the biblical truth. It's happening. Every day we wake up, there's stuff going on in the spiritual realm that is at odds against God and that there's this eternal war that's being fought that's going on and on and on. And there's a battle. And we, whether or not we want to wake up and see it or not from day to day, it's real. It's going on. It's happening. And so this is happening up above us. Here's a story uh, that shows kind of in in practicality with Jesus because Jesus walked it out and dealt with it in a way that we could see. And this is in Matthew chapter four. And this is Jesus and the devil going at it. And so he's in a physical way and yet it's really a spiritual battle because the Bible said already that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's a spiritual thing going on. So I'm gonna read some of Matthew four. It says, then, and if you want to turn to it in your phone or your Bible, you can. It's not going to be on the screen. Um, I'm just going to read it. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He was led out into a place where he would be tested, where there was a challenge. Why? Why do we get tested? Well, the Bible tells us that perseverance produces character, character hope. Hope does not disappoint. God allows us to be tested because it allows us to grow. It's not to destroy us or to crush us. It allows us to grow. It allows us to show character. It allows us to show his strength because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And we go to overcome if I use the same weapons in this war. And so God uses this as an example, a way to grow ourselves, to test our faith, but also to help other people to go through. So this is Jesus. And it says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So I would have gotten hungry faster. That's all I know. 40 minutes, I'm hungry. Uh, The tempter came to him and he said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You can do it. You're the creator. You make everything. Make these stones into bread. And Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So So then the devil took him up to a holy city 
And he had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. For it's written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So again, so this is the third time. Again, the devil keeps coming back, right? You ever feel like you're trying to overcome something? And every time you think that you're getting through, it's like, oh, finally, I passed that test, I think. And then, boom, what happens? The next wave of attack or discouragement or an issue comes. And you're like, I thought I just dealt with this. I thought, boy, oh, I'm so relieved. And you give the praise report at Bible study or you get up and you thank God, the Lord, thank you that that's over. We're through that health crisis. We're through that family crisis. I'm through that job crisis. Oh, that financial situation's over. I got paid for. I'm finally ready to go. And then all of a sudden you wake up the next day and boom, it's like, what's happening right now? There's another one. Well, that's what we're talking about. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. So he was going through these trials, through these difficulties, these testings, these temptings, and he was being tested and he's going through all these things. And when one ended, another one came. When one ended, another one came. When one ended, another, it's over and over. It just keeps happening. Did it mean that he was out of God's will? Did it mean that he was failing in his faith? Did it mean that something was so wrong with him that he didn't have this protection and blessing and covering surrounding him, that he's just walking in the goodness of God at all times and everything's perfect? We know that's not true because Jesus was perfect. He was living the right life, and yet he's going through these struggles. through this because you're not good enough. You're going through this because God's not with you anymore. He left you. You're going through this because you took a wrong turn, and you're out in the wilderness all by yourself. You're going through this because you tried your best, but it wasn't good enough. You, you, all these reasons why, and yet the reality is you might just be going through it because it's just part of being a Christian. It's just part of growing in, in the Lord and in what he has to do these things. It's just part of the journey. It's part of the walk. Jesus went through it. And if he went through it, then why would we think that we're going to make it without having to go through it? We have more growth to do. We have more things to, to work through than he had. We have more, and yet the Bible says he grew in wisdom and in stature with God and with men. Even he went through a growth process. And so there's this process that we go through, and there's this battle that we're fighting where the devil's attacking us and coming at us. But notice that the devil kept attacking him. It's a spiritual battle, but the devil kept attacking him with natural things. You know what? You're hungry. Here's food. Do you know what? You're supposed to have this position of authority and respect, so do this and you'll get it. Do you know what? You want to have wealth. You want to have money. You want to be taken care of. You want to have peace. Do you know what? Do this and you're going to have it. How many times are we tempted but don't recognize it for what it is and tested? I have anxiety. I have stress. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this. And so we don't realize, and the, and the devil can slide in with natural things. Do you know what? You're stressed. You're anxious. Do you know what you ought to do? You ought to just binge some more Netflix. When what God is trying to say is, you know, I'm stirring your heart because I want you to come to me in prayer. I'm burdening you about the city. I'm burdening you about the nation. I'm burdening you about your own kids or your own life or your own family because I want you to come to me and talk and I want you to actually engage spiritual warfare battle and to pray on someone's behalf. The Bible says that God looks all across the land for someone that was standing in the gap and he found nobody. He says he couldn't find one. And God said, you know, I'm calling you, that, that stirring, that discomfort you're feeling with the way that things are in culture, 
is because I want you to rise up and pray and I want you to, to seek out your neighbor and to offer support or to love that person or you're troubled about the kids that are being hurt or being, I want you to get involved and I want you to do something and to serve there but say, oh, but it's so stressful and the devil says, well, that's one way to deal with it. Pray, yeah. You know, get involved, yeah. Do something, yeah. But you could also get rid of all those anxious feelings. You get rid of all those things by just having another beer by just having another glass of wine, by just watching a few more shows, by just scrolling a few more reels, by doing whatever, watching a couple more sports. Like there's a way out that's easier. And yet the work that God's calling us to do doesn't end up getting done. Why? Because it's a battle. The devil's using the natural to distract from what he's asking us to actually, God's asking us to actually get involved in and do and to move forward. So nothing's changed. He's giving us tools and things that we have and resources to go after. I'm worried about my finances. I'm worried about my money. And yet, I'm supposed to spend time with my family. I'm supposed to spend time serving. I'm supposed, how am I going to do that and pay my bills? I don't know. And I can trust the Lord. The Bible says, don't worry about what I'll eat or what I'll drink or what I'll wear. And he tells me these things. And so that's the testing of my faith is, do I believe that? Do I believe God that I can take some of my money and give it? I can take some of my money and help others with it. I can take some of my time and serve with it. I can take some of my time and just rest the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I can do that. Do I trust God for that, even though right now I feel like I'm starving and I'm just stressed? Can I trust God to do that? Or, well, there's an easier way. There's a way that takes it in your own hands. If you throw yourself down off of this building, well, you know, if you'll just work an extra couple of days, if you pick up an extra few shifts, yes, it's natural. We do need to pay our bills. But as Christians, there's always a pull away from being able to do some of the things that God calls us to do in our lives. And it becomes consuming, and then it becomes unfulfilling, and then we're frustrated, and we're not satisfied. It's like, why isn't this working? I thought, it was, well, it's not working because we're not actually working it. We're not actually doing it his way. We're just asking, Lord, why am I frustrated? Why am I stressed? Well, because I said to rest, and I said to serve, and I said to give, and I said, but you're not doing that. Well, I know because I don't have time. I don't have money and I don't have energy. Well, yes, and you don't have time, you don't have money, you don't have energy because you're not working my system. This is how I work. Well, that seems a little bit, you know, kind of crazy talk because this is very practical. This was practical. Jesus is a servant. He's being chased out of towns. People are wanting to throw rocks at him. They want to get it. It's very practical. You're supposed to be an authority and you're not. What you're doing right now, wandering through this dirt roads and like praying for people and, and helping out people that are caught in adultery and, and talking to lepers, like it's not making you the king of kings. It's not giving you authority. You're not changing anything here. You're just roaming around with a few you know, people that are worthless to society, accomplishing nothing. And yet he had to make a choice constantly throughout his life to say, do you know what? Even though this is naturally what I'm seeing and feeling and everything inside of the flesh part of me would say, this ain't working. I'm supposed to be down here saving mankind. I'm getting chased out of town. This ain't working. Well, we do that. Lord, you're supposed to be doing this. God, you're supposed to be blessing me. You're supposed to give me, but it ain't working. And God's like, just keep working it the way that I want you to work it. Trust me with the increase. Trust me with the change. Trust me with the provision. Trust me with filling your bucket back up. Trust me with all of these things, but just do it this way. It's an obedience test. Can we really trust him? And so a couple things about this with Jesus and the devil in Matthew 4 is that Jesus accepted his identity and he accepted the Father's authority. He said, I only do what the Father in heaven tells me. So if he's telling me to do it this way 
I'm hungry, I'm out here in the wilderness, this doesn't feel like what I came all the way down from heaven to do, but I'm gonna do it his way. So he stayed in authority, he knew his identity. He also followed the leading of the spirit. It was a spirit that led him out there. Okay, one of the first things that we wanna do when we go through struggle and we're in a spiritual battle is that we're like, okay, because God's ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, he, does it, he has a different solution than our solution. Automatically, right? It's totally different. I was talking to Kira. I said, Kira, it's time to brush your teeth. And she says, I don't want to brush my teeth. I said, you don't? She goes, no, because I want more sugar. <laughs> I said, okay, that's not how it's going to work. Her thoughts aren't the same as mine. <laughs> right? Why would I waste toothpaste and a toothbrush because I'm still going to have more sugar? No, you're not. Why? Because I know more than you, and I'm going to care about your teeth. I'm going to help you. So we go to God, and God says, you know what? I want it to go this way. And we're like, well, no, actually, I just want more blessing." he's like, mm, if I just bless you, bless you, bless you, guess what's going to happen to your spirit? Huh? You're going to have those hillbilly teeth all up in your spirit. You'll be missing them. You're going to be, you're going to be in trouble. So no, we're actually going to go through a little bit of stuff that's going to grind some of the pride, grind some of the issues, some of the self-reliance, some of the stuff. It's going to grind some of that off your own heart. We're going to clean you up. Ah, oh, fine. But I can do it myself. No, I'm going to help you because we're going to make sure we get in there good and we clean it up. And God puts us through some of these things. And so we trust him. So Jesus, the one thing that Jesus did here is that he stayed, he stayed focused on the spiritual reality, even though the devil was trying to keep getting him off track with the physical, natural reality. He stayed focused on what was going on up in the airspace. He kept coming back, not with, well, I, I can wait longer. I can do this. Well, I can strive. Well, I can pull myself up. Well, I can be strong. He kept coming back with the word. He kept coming back with scripture. He kept fighting back with spiritual weapons because he knew, hey, we're here out in the wilderness and this is physical, but I know this isn't physical. I know this is something else. Well, how much does that happen in our own culture even? There's things that are, are happening in our schools. There's things that are happening in our neighborhoods. There's things that are happening in our country. There's things that are happening all over in different areas, in different places. And sometimes the temptation is to, boy, just be very frustrated in natural, and yet we spend more time thinking about that than going and spending time doing the spiritual that we can do and to pray and to be in our word and to say, God, you know what? This really burdens me. It doesn't mean don't get involved in natural. Go get, invo go get involved in a school board. Go get involved in a, in a political campaign. Go, go use your time and energy to do some good even in local civil issues, but at the same time, pray. Spend time in the word. Spend time getting close to God and doing the spiritual things. Daniel, this is out of Daniel chapter 10, verses 7 to 15. This shows sometimes how it takes perseverance. Starting in verse 7, he says, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. He's praying. Those who were with me did not see it, but there was such terror that overwhelmed them that they fled and they hid themselves. So something's happening, and God's showing him something, and there's terror going on, and everybody's running, and he's trying to stay in and pray. He says, so I was left alone, gazing at this great vision, and I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. He says, then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, and my face was to the ground. Now, I'm just like Daniel. When I pray, I sometimes just fall into sleep, <laughs> especially if I'm trying to get up in the morning and pray. I'm like, I'm getting up, man. It's 5.30. I'm going to get up and pray, and I go in my closet, and I shut the door, and it's dark, and I pray, and boy, it's like time machine. Next thing I know, it's 7.30, <laughs> and there's drool running down my face, and there's a carpet imprint on the side of my face, and I'm just like, I think I fell asleep. Anybody do that? Just me. Okay. But Daniel did too, so we're all in good company. He falls into a sleep, such a spiritual thing to do. And it says, a hand touched me, and he set me trembling on my hands and knees. And it says, 
Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Now listen to this part, verse 12. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. So since the first day you started praying, from the first day that you humbled yourself before God and asked for his help, God sent me your way. The answer was coming. The help was coming. But it didn't happen right away. Because the next verse says, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me. And it's not talking about an earthly prince. It's talking about heavenly realms. It's talking about things going on up above. It's talking about a spiritual battle that's happening above. It says that this prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. So somehow Daniel prays for help. And the angel of the Lord's coming to help. And there's an interception. And there's a battle going on. And Daniel's sitting down there praying and falling asleep. And things are happening to him. And he's down there praying. And in his mind, he's like, my prayers aren't even working. Like, what's happening? Like, I've been praying for this. Like, God does nothing. He doesn't answer me. He doesn't care. I've been praying for this person. I've been praying for the situation. I've been praying, and nothing's going to, well, you know what? It's possible that God is doing something, and that it's on the way, and that it's been on the way since the first time you brought it before him. But it's just not there yet, because there's an actual battle happening, and we have to persevere and continue to pray it through and continue to do it. The Bible says don't grow weary in doing good. Prayer is good. Don't grow weary in doing good, for in due time you will reap if you don't lose heart. We read earlier with David praying. He's like talking to his own soul. He's like, come on, get up. Worship the Lord. And he keeps saying, come on, get up. He's persevering. He's pushing through. He's speaking to himself. He's speaking to his heart. And he's saying, you know what? There's a battle going on here. There's a reason. I don't understand it, but my spirit feels like it's just being weighed down, but I'm going to keep praying myself up. And so we have to be willing to push through and to fight and to pray because there's stuff going on that we can't see. There's stuff going on in your family. There's stuff going on in your own life. There's stuff going on with your health. You know, there's stuff going on with, you know, the woman with the issue of blood. She had this issue all these years. She wanted healed. And yet her healing finally came. My wife had Crohn's for years of her life. And finally, years and years and years and years. Finally, one day, it's time for prayer, and they call everybody up for prayer, and there's a little baptismal tank like what we have out here that we bring in, and there's some water in there, and people are singing. I said, why don't you go up and pray? And she's like, no, if God wanted to heal me, he would have done it already. And it had been, she'd been going up for like, I don't know, 20 years, 19 years. And if he wants it, he knows where I am. <laughs> I'm sitting right here. And I'm like, this could be the day. Okay, first of all, it's easier to have faith if it's not your problem, right? <laughs> Don't worry. I'll be praying for you. I found out I got cancer. I'm praying for you. Stay in faith. You know, I'm struggling. My marriage is broken. Don't worry, man. Who God joins together, no one can bring us under. Praise God. I'll pray for you. It's easy to have faith for other people. Okay, bills aren't being paid. Don't worry, God provides. Don't worry about what you eat or drink. I'm actually starving. <laughs> I haven't fed my kids in a week. Don't worry about it. It's so easy to do that for other people, but for ourselves, it's different. Okay, but there it is, and the baptism tank's up there, and I said, you know, so we're sitting there singing, and finally she's like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm like, all right, and she's how many months pregnant? Like 
eight and a half months pregnant. And she's wobbling up. And she's got, no, this is great. Here, she's wobbling up. Pregnant. And she's hustling up. Eight months would be dropped farther, though. So she's wobbling. And so she's up there, and she's walking. And she also has plantar fasciitis. She's had two surgeries on her feet, and her feet were so bad that she would literally crawl around the house, and she would get calluses on her knees when people weren't home. She would crawl instead of walk because her feet hurt so bad. And I was like, why do you have calluses on your knees? And she's like, nothing. Because she's like roaming around the house, like vacuuming on her knees, like cleaning and organizing and straightening and doing all the stuff that she can't, you know, compulsion has to do. And it's all on her knees. So she's like, so her feet, she's had surgeries, didn't work. She has Crohn's, none of it works. All this is going on. And so she's going up there, pregnant, bad feet, Crohn's, all this stuff. She gets up there and she stands at the thing. And guess what? You ever been up to a prayer line at a church before? And there's usually like a few normal people. And then there's some people who you're like, whoa. <laughs> And you watch and you wait because you try to get in the right line. Anybody else do that? It's like, I want to be in the right line with the right person. Well, she got the only person that, like, you know, you don't want to be with. She got the crazy lady. And she walks up and the crazy lady is just like, hey. You know, she's all excited and she wants to pray for her. And she's like, I got an idea. Why don't you get in the tank? I'm in a skirt. She's in a skirt, a long skirt, flowy. And she's in it and she's pregnant and she's all... And she's sitting there, and she's like, huh? She's like, come on, get in the water. And she's like, okay. So she leans against the back of it, takes her leg. She steps it over. She climbs into the thing. She gets down in the water. She's standing there, and the lady's like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, praise over her, and she gets out. She comes back to the table. She's all the way back, or back to the seat. She sits down next to me, and I don't even ask. Because I'm at fault here in this whole fiasco. I already know how marriage is going to go. So I'm just, I'm not saying a word. I'm just like, Lord, that's you. I didn't do that. I'm just trying to increase faith. And she can sit there. And then I look over finally and she's sitting there and I'm just looking at her and I keep worshiping. I look and, and pretty soon as I'm worshiping, she grabs my arm and she pulls on it. And I'm like, yes, I'm waiting to be in trouble, you know? And she's like, my feet don't hurt. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And she said, don't say a word because she didn't want to come back. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So we go a couple of weeks. She doesn't want to say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And I'm like, it's healed. She's like, don't say a word. Finally, she's like, okay, we can say something. They're healed. And then, not long after that, her Crohn's, is, she realizes it's been gone. She goes, I think when my feet got healed, I think my Crohn's got healed. Like my whole body got healed. And that's been, I don't even know, 10 years? Long time. 16 years. No Crohn's, no feet problems, no nothing. It's all gone. We actually went and got a, a colonoscopy thing to make sure we paid. I know. She said she wanted to be more, she said she wanted to be more involved in the preaching. She should have been more specific. But here's the thing. We paid like $1,500 for that. Out of pocket because the insurance wouldn't cover it. Because she's like, I want evidence that I'm healed. I want proof. I'm like, you're healed. She's like, I want proof. Proof, proof that nobody can refute. I said, fine. So we went and paid all this money. Go to the doctor. Doctor comes out and says, you don't have Crohn's. You never had Crohn's. There's no sign. Well, she has stacks from all the years of going to doctors and getting on all the medicines and going through all the stuff and all the things from all, all their reports. All that. I mean, she had it for her whole life. 
And he's like, I, don't, I see nothing. He goes, I don't know what they told you, but I see nothing. Because it's gone, totally healed. Because God touched her and healed her, right, and brought healing. And so there is this, this thing that goes through, but that didn't happen at the beginning. Just like Daniel, it wasn't right then. But God had already started putting a miracle into work. God had already started the answering of prayer. And sometimes we get in these heavenly battles and we're going through things, and it's like because we don't see the answer today or we don't see the answer tomorrow, it's like, oh, God doesn't listen to my prayer, so I just quit praying. We just quit. Okay, but it will, if we stay persistent, if we stay in it, it happens. Spiritual warfare. Now, these are some of the things. We're going to go to this one. These are realities, okay? Don't let this ruffle your feathers too much or scare you, but these are realities. Uh, go to this next slide. This was the Grammys this year. You guys saw this on the news, but they're literally having a guy dressed up as the devil doing their whole song, and if you actually read the lyrics to the song, it's unbelievable. And as the devil, and, and CBS, this was a tweet on their actual account. We can say that again. We're ready to worship because they said the show's about to start. We're ready to worship. So if you don't think you're in a spiritual battle, then open your eyes. Because we are. It's just a reality. And people that worship other things besides God are fully aware and they embrace the battle. And if we're the only ones that aren't embracing the battle, we're going to get beat. But our weapons are not flesh and blood. Our weapons are not, okay, well, we're going to go storm CBS. We have a more, could we do that? Sure. If you want to do that, go protest. But we have actually a more powerful and effective weapon because even things when you see it like this, they're actually things happening spiritually. And God's given us the ability through prayer and through the word to actually have impact on real things in real life if we're persistent and if we pray. And especially if we pray together. The Bible talks about when people are gathered together and they pray. You can go to this next slide. These are some of the things that, that are used. Now, I am not demonizing all these things. I just want to, we're talking, Okay. If your favorite thing's on here, it's okay. I used to like sports, but Tom Brady retired, so I don't. So I can throw ESPN up here too now because I don't watch that anymore, that filthy football. But all of these things can be used as weapons, just like bread is not sinful, but the devil used it to come after Jesus. Remember that? Okay, a rock isn't sinful. Standing up on a holy, it says up on a holy, up above a holy city. He's up on this thing looking down. It was, this, it wasn't a bad place to be, but it was being used in a bad way, right? So something can be not all bad and yet be used in spiritual battle to be something that's used against us. That's possible. So that's what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not talking about unplug your whole life and go live off the grid. But being aware that some of the things that even we use that are natural can be used against us in a spiritual way. You know, so I'll go through a couple of these. TikTok. Good content, bad content's not my point. But the name says it all. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. And then what? How many hours went by? A lot. It can. Is it bad to go on there and see some stuff? I'm not saying that. But the Bible tells us, David, Lord, David said, Lord, teach me to redeem the time, to number my days, that I may gain a heart of wisdom. Show me. Show me how to number my days. Show me how to understand time. Show me how to understand that this is fleeting, that it's passing. Why? So I can gain a heart of wisdom. And yet there's so many things that come at us to take our time and our energy that all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. Was there, it brings peace, though. It helps me forget that the world's got struggle. It helps me forget that I have struggle. Yes, but knowing that there's a struggle causes us to have to press into the struggle to pray, 
to make a difference, to stand up, to speak out, to do something. Why? Because we're aware. So we have to be up and be aware. And a lot of these things are for distraction. Other ones, I mean, Facebooks and Reels, and I post these things and I read these things. That's not my point. My point is watching our time and being wise and knowing, am I doing this, but I don't have any time to pray. I don't have any time to be in my word. I don't have any time to be engaged in the battle. But I do have time to just let myself forget there's a battle. Because either way, the battle's happening. And it's impacting your life. It's impacting your kid's life, your family's life, your friend's life, the, the country, the world. It's making an impact. Whether or not you want to engage it or not, it's happening. Okay? Just God's armies of man down or a woman down because you're not involved or because I'm not involved. But it's still happening. It's still going on. The news, same thing. How many times do we need to watch the news to know there's a lot of stupid stuff going on and scary stuff going on? And yet, prayer could actually have an impact on it. Because prayer, well, it's not just prayer, but when I pray, guess what a lot of times happens? God speaks back to me because it's a conversation. And when God speaks back to me, he gives me faith, courage. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I'm getting his word. My faith is getting built up. And now I have the faith to go out and step into society and community and do something like a Father's Day for the fatherless, like having a recovery group, like going and doing whatever it is that's your thing, but stepping into a situation and trying to make a difference. Why? Because my faith is built up. How did my faith get built up? It got built up in prayer and in the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It filled me up and now I could step in and make a difference. But if I didn't do that because I don't have time because I'm too busy trying to gather all the information and keep watching this depressing news, now I'm not filled up with the faith to do anything about it. Now I'm just overwhelmed with it. It's one thing to become aware. It's another thing to get sucked into despair. And so I stay aware. I watch. I check headlines. I read a little bit of stuff. I stay, I stay aware. But I don't get sucked in because there's a battle to fight, and I want to be ready. I want to pray. I want to have time. This is something we can all do. Hustle and grind. I love hustle and grind. My favorite. Because before pastoring, 25 years in business, entrepreneur. I love it. I love to get up and go find I'd love to have 10 million side jobs. Love it. But we can get lost in making another dollar. And then we can miss our life. And then we realize, wow, I missed it. But it's too late. And so we have to be aware of these things. We have to watch. We have to look. We have to know what's going on. Self-love. I put that on there just to make a couple of specific people mad. No, I put that on there because it's true. The Bible does say love your neighbor as yourself. But the assumption is that we already love ourselves because we do a lot of things in our life to protect and to care for ourselves over other people. And we can get so involved in self-love, so involved in caring for ourselves, making sure my emotions feel okay, that my mind feels okay, that my body feels okay, that I feel like making sure that I'm okay, that we don't have actually the ability to like lay our life down for our brother or sister, like Jesus talks about, or to pick up our cross because why would I put myself on a cross? I love myself. That's terrible. Well, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. So whatever his definition of loving yourself versus our definition, his definition doesn't just mean comfort and care and take yourself to the salon every time. It means something more. And it means something sacrificial a lot of times. And so being able to do that, uh, I got just a couple more here. Satanic temple. This is just realities going on. This is why it's important to be in prayer and be in the word. Satanic temple is now starting 
you can look all this up online, very easy to find. They're starting after-school programs in schools all across the country. You can join the Satanic Temple After-School Kids Program. See how cartoony the devil looks? He's amazing. I need to get the shirt. How fantastic. That's happening. That's not to scare you, but just to be, be aware. If there's fire ants in my yard, I want to be aware. But I'm not moving. I'm not scared and freaking out and moving. Why? Because I'm bigger than the fire ants. I have bigger tools than the fire ants. I have more power than the fire ants. And I'm not going to be scared of the fire ants. I'll just take care of them. Well, if we're aware, if we know the truth, the truth sets us free. If we know that these things are happening, we don't have to be scared. But we can be aware enough to go, do you know what? We have a bigger God than that. And we can begin to pray and we can begin to seek God and we begin to look for solutions and we become a part of the solution. And we allow that to work in us. Satanic Temple, the black and white one right there. This is, this is true. This is happening. You can search this happening in multiple, multiple states now. They're suing to have abortion made their um, religious ritual, have freedom for their re- religious ritual. Now, whether or not, I'm not even talking about pro-choice, pro-life. I'm just talking about they're literally getting active to say this is our ritual and you can't take it away. So there's spiritual things going on. And we have to engage those things in prayer. But that's the world. So check this out. The next slide. What about pedophiles and priests? What about scam preachers? Taking everybody's money. Turning the cross into just dollar bills, baby. Dollar bills, y'all. There's a reason people don't want to come to church. And it ain't Jesus. Some of the people that are representing him. And not doing it well. What about the sex scandals in churches? If I wasn't a believer, if Christ hadn't intervened in my life and shown himself to me and changed me, and somebody was just trying to sell me on church, there isn't any way I'd go. We gotta be aware of that. There's spiritual things going on, even with church leaders and in churches, and, and, and church leaders are not the solution. There's spiritual things going on, and we gotta be able to go to God and pray. Pray for leaders, pray for the church, pray for people, pray for protection, pray for his will to be done. And these are things that God wants to do. All right, the last two, and then we're going to end here because we're out of time. Armor of God is Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I'm actually going to get into that more next week on specific things about that. Um, so I'm not going to read that one. But divine power, 2 Corinthians 10, 35, or 3 to 5. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Divine power, not just to win, but to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Is that there is an actual battle going on, but we have the weapons to win. We have the weapons for victory. And in the end of it all, we're already guaranteed the victory because Christ has already overcome so I'm going to pass something out real quick, and this is what we're going to end on. This is the take home, actually. Uh, Boston, Jack, can you guys pass these out? So I want you guys to take these, and these are sheets for you to, it's got a couple verses on there, but this is what I want you to do. I just want you to take this with you, and obviously I can't follow you home and make you do it, but I just think this will be a good exercise for you to do. And you can stay here and do it before you leave, but you can also just take it home and put some real thought and prayer into it. But I want you to ask the Lord and really look at what's in my airspace specifically. What's being used against me? What is it that, what, what tool of the enemy, what thing is going on in my life 
that is consuming my time, my energy, and causing me to, to be under attack? What's going on? And there's some slots there to write those things down as you pray on them and ask God, because you may not know. But as you pray, you say, Lord, what is it? What's going on here? Why do I feel this way? Why am I going through this struggle? Why am I not as hopeful as I should be? Why is this happening? And pray, Lord, what, what is being used against me right now? Write those things down. Pray on them. And then take each one. This is my challenge to you. Take each one. Maybe it's anxiety. Take that and then say, you know, I'm going to go to the word. I'm going to get into my Bible. And I'm going to search up everything on anxiety and peace. And I'm going to get God's word and use that weapon against this thing that's been hovering in my airspace. And I'm going to take it down. I don't want it just hovering there. I don't want it just floating around. You know, maybe it's bitterness, you know, and you say, okay, well, I've got bitterness floating. I've got all these things floating in here. I've got bitterness floating in my life. It just feels like it just hovers in my life. Okay, I'm going to take bitterness and forgiveness. I'm going to get into the word and I'm going to see what it says about bitterness and forgiveness. And then I'm going to take that. I'm going to say, okay, this is what the word says. This is the truth. And instead of trying to fight it myself by always trying to just make myself feel better, I'm going to fight it spiritually by getting into the word and getting the truth on it and standing on the truth of God's word. And I'm going to begin to pray God's word. I'm going to begin to believe for that. So there's two parts to that. Pray and write those things down that God shows you. And then take whatever you've written, whatever you've written down and really get into God's word. And just say, Lord, help me with this. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. I need somebody to help you. You do have someone to help you. Jesus said he would send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would be our counselor. And that he would lead us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will help you. If you would take the time to set aside and say, Lord, I want to work through this to get these things out of my life and so I can move forward and be a part of the victory. Amen? All right, let's bow our heads and we'll pray. Lord, thank you for this uh, time today and I pray that you would, I just encourage each person, God, as they go through this exercise at home, Lord, allow them to just hear from you clearly, God. Do some surgery, God. Take some things out. Lord, show them what's hovering around. Lord, high altitude, low altitude, whatever it might be, God, that's floating around, that, that's distracting, that's, that's attacking them, that's messing up their thoughts and their emotions. Lord, I pray that they'd be able to see it clearly. Lord, and that you'd give them direction through your word on how to take those things out so that they can be effective and be aligned, Lord, with what you have for their life. In Jesus' name, amen. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.